0: Well, my friends, if you're heading back to the office, don't forget to make a plan for your little doggies and putty tats. Diana Mendoza is the companion animal program manager for PETA in Los Angeles, and she graciously joined me this morning to offer tips to help them cope with loneliness and boredom, and yes, they do. Welcome, Diana. Hi, thank you so much
1: for having me.
0: Well, I mean, it is a bit of a worry as more people get the COVID-19 vaccine and states reopen. You know, many uh, listeners will be heading back to work outside the home and that may be great news for us, us humans, eager to get back to the old routine, but it's going to be painful for our little friends. Adjustment for the dogs and cats who've grown used to us, having someone to keep them company at home. So the transition can be traumatic for them. This is right, isn't it, Diana?
1: can you know animals really thrive in a solid routine so now that we are heading back to the office it's important that we take some time to come up with a plan for our dogs and cats who will miss having us home all the time yes. uh, and you know it's oh sorry no I no no
0: you're think. right sorry my little doggy just walked into the studio would you believe hi sweetheart <laughs> go on go ahead oh. <laughs>
1: like she's doing it. She's had the best setup because she gets to be with you all the time. But for everyone else, if you need some advice on how to make this transition, you can check out PETA.org slash back to work. It's got a ton of tips and advice on how to keep your animals happy and calm when you go back to the office.
0: Well, that's fantastic. That's PETA.org, listeners, because there's quite a few ways that uh, you can help ease the transition, you know, for your pets leading up into the return to the office. Diana, what are the what are the biggest mistakes guardians make when, you know, leaving dogs and cats home alone?
1: So one of the biggest mistakes that well-meaning people make is to crate their dogs. You know, uh, a lot of folks will adopt animals from shelters because they're sad thinking about them in these concrete and metal cages, and then they bring them home and put them in an even smaller cage. So it's really important that people don't crate, because crates are, they're, they're, it's just a nice word for a cage. And there's not enough room for them to do any of their natural behaviors. And they're forced to hold it for hours instead of being able to you know, go outside or go to the potty pad and relieve themselves. Um, and it can actually make separation anxiety worse and can trigger negative behaviors that they didn't have before. Um, but the good news is that there's a lot of, easy things you can do to avoid those things. And one of them is a tip that we have on our website is to spend some time with them in the morning before you leave, you know, maybe go for a run with your dog if they're athletic or especially puppies, uh, who need a lot of exercise and, uh, Cats break out the laser pointer and play with them for a while, spend some time smuggling. That way, they're really content and they're happy when you leave. And they're more likely to just nap during the day and not, you know, worry about where you are.
0: So let me ask you this one then. Do cats feel our absence as much as dogs do?
1: Cats absolutely can have separation anxiety and stress when we go back to work. They, They love us just as much as our dogs do. They just aren't quite as uh, obvious when they show it. But if you have a cat, you, you know your cat, and you know their personality. Uh, little things like changes in eating, maybe they have an accident outside of the litter box, these can all be signs of stress or separation anxiety. So the best thing to do is to take these tips and advice from our website and tailor it to your, your cat's needs. And then that way, hopefully, they're, they're used to you going into the office and it's not a problem to begin with.
0: Well, I noticed on that website, some of the tips of reference to a Booty Cat, uh, make sure your cat has a view. I mean, even if that means pulling a piece of furniture to the window, well, what is so significant about that?
1: Absolutely. That's, that's a great uh, tip that we actually uh, suggest as well. You know, cats like to be engaged and entertained. And so by being able to look out the window, they can see what's going on in the world. And it's, it's basically, you know, it's their TV. Um, and this also goes for, for dogs as well. You know, you'll want them to have maybe a puzzle toy that will engage them and that, or those those River Kong toys that you can fill with treats and peanut butter, something to keep them active and focused while you're gone so that they, they can be... Uh, happy and content and and uh, engaged while you are
0: at the office. And another interesting one that I uh, read, Diana, um, you know, the slow down one, spend attentive quality time uh, with him before you leave and when you get home. Well, we do that. What about this interactive toys for a while while you're away? But if they're in a crate, I guess, I don't know, such as puzzle treat dispenser for doggies and catnip filled items. The cats, are they uh, do they love those?
1: I absolutely love those. Yeah, um, you know, and and it doesn't have to be too difficult. You know, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, you play with your animals animals before you leave. They're tired. They're happy. I mean, I always sleep better when I exercise. You know, so yeah. are all our animals. Right. Um, and those those puzzle toys. You know, I've seen people make them. They're sort of little little drawers and things that they can turn and slide around, to find the treats, Um, and cat toys too, you know, and you could fill a sock with some catnip and some fluff and tie it and and knot it shut and uh, poof, you have uh, a cat toy all of a sudden. I mean, cats are really beautiful because even something like, even something like a paper bag becomes an adventure for them.
0: Mm. I've never experienced personally being able to take my pet to the workplace. Um, but allowing dogs at work or at least having a, you know, bring your dog to work day once a week or once a month, that's a damn good idea, isn't it?
1: It is. It's really a great opportunity if your animal, if your dog is open to that, you just want to think about like, well, what is my environment like? Is it calm, Is it quiet, is there a dedicated space that I can have them in? If you're going to be in meetings all day, you don't want to just leave your dog in your, in your office alone. Or if your dog maybe is shy around new people, it might not be the best environment for them. Uh, but, or, you know, especially if even if they're a young puppy who's really energetic, maybe not the best, the best fit. But if they're, if they're uh, social and they're happy and they like new people and you have the space and you'll be around then yeah, absolutely. We think it's a great idea to bring your animals <laughs> to work if it's possible. Well, that's- and also the.
0: It has to be the right company that would allow that. Is it? Are, are you noticing more and more?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I think that with this whole last year behind us, people are really rethinking the work environment. You know, and they they and it's so great that people are thinking about the animals as well and how this is going to affect them, which is you know another reason we really wanted to make to make people aware of these resources.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing, and I think you're right. It's come out of COVID-19. I mean, as your role as the animal program manager uh, for Peter in uh, L.A., uh, you know, you represent, uh, Peter at at city government meetings and run organizations Let's Fix LA program, which I believe connects uh, Angelenos with low-cost paying neuter services so that they comply Mm -hmm. with the city's mandatory spray and neuter laws. So you see a lot of things changing coming on. Are the uh, would-be's, if could-be's, you know, the decision-makers, are are they changing their thinking a little?
1: Yeah, you know, Los Angeles is a really animal-friendly city. We've led the nation in some really wonderful legislation like banning bullhooks at circuses, which basically they're like fireplace fireplace pokers used to control elephants by force. Uh, We passed a fur ban this last year. Uh, so you know, we're really lucky in Los Angeles that we have such great, compassionate uh, city officials who do care very strongly for animals.
0: That's wonderful. Um, That's wonderful to hear.
1: Yeah, we and you know we're seeing it more and more all across the country and around the, around the globe too. You know, people are really realizing that animals are their own unique individuals with their own needs and their own their own feelings. So it's really wonderful to see. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been speaking with Diana Mendoza, and who is the uh, Companion Animal Program Manager for People for the Ethical Treatment of, uh, of Animals, Peter, in the City of Angels of Los Angeles. Now, don't forget this website because they put a lot of work into it. It's great reading. Nothing better with a cup of Joe sitting there looking at this great site, www.peter.com dot org right org and they're going to find all sorts of stuff on there diana correct
1: absolutely and if you actually go to peta.org slash fact you'll find all the tips we talked about and more
0: fantastic thank you for your time uh, you do a great job keep it up diana weren't
1: you <laughs> thank you so much We really appreciate you all right goodbye bye